you're raised as an athlete to fight back. So why all of a sudden, when you retire, do you stop the good fight? This is Finding Center with Nick Hardwick. Yeah, well, it's like I told you a little while ago. I don't care what they do, right? If they want to play football, we'll put them in football. If they want to play soccer, that's great. But at a young age, kids want to touch the ball. You yes. want the ball. And I think that's why baseball's hard because there's a lot of non-ball touching. Baseball's brutal for everybody. All right, gang, how the heck are we? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hardwick.life, foundational elements for a fulfilled life. We've got an exciting array of new performance products coming to complement our other pharmaceutical-grade supplement line that includes brain life, gut life, joint life, and foundation life. They are out now. They include pump life, which is awesome, build life, awesome, fuel life. So build life, incredibly pure, New Zealand grass-fed whey protein, just straight up, no flavor. You can add it to anything. It's awesome. I have it every morning along with pump life which is super good. It's a pre-workout, pre-combat sport energy formula designed with cognition and neuroprotection in mind. It's got theanine, caffeine, creatine, glutathione, all in a convenient packet. I highly recommend them. And Fuel Life, which I've got here along with some matcha green tea, which I love about midday, just to kind of give me a little extra caffeine energy boost. And a lot of times it's been holding me over until dinner. So I have a... Build life, pump life in the morning before the workout. Then I'll have some oatmeal, blueberries, liquid egg whites after the workout. And then at noon, I'll have a matcha green tea and some fuel life in there. And then at night, I'll have a giant salad. And then after that, I'll even throw in a casein protein and a couple uh, tea- tablespoons of peanut butter. Gotta love some peanut butter. And also at Hardwick Life, we've got a registered dietitian that has joined our team, Casey Thomas. He's the performance nutritionist for UCLA basketball. He's writing a weekly column. He's been awesome. The articles that he has put out, where do I start? What diet's right for me? He's going to answer some great questions, and they're going to be in a really awesome format. And you can contact him, but you have to sign up for our weekly newsletter to get Casey's advice. You can do all that at hardwick.life. We are also, oh, by the way, at hardwick.life, we are offering our subscribers 20% off of every order. 20% off. All you got to do is subscribe, hit that subscription button when you make your first order. We are also brought to you by our good friends over at Bubs Naturals Collagen Protein and MCT Oil Powder. We've been with them since they opened in 2017. We've been with them because they've got tremendous products and they're great people. And part of their proceeds go to a tremendous foundation so they're they do really good work they've got really great products we love how easily they mix in our coffee green teas hot chocolates they add that creaminess that my girl jamie hardwick loves in her coffee in the morning and another hit of protein with the collagen and did you know this jamie that if you take collagen protein 45 minutes to one hour before a workout along with vitamin c you're going to increase increase your collagen protein synthesis by up to four times. So that's good for your hair, skin, nails, collagen, bones, all of that stuff. It's really good for you. So get on Bubs Naturals Collagen Protein and MCT Oil Powder at bubsnaturals.com. They're also selling them at Barron's Marketplaces in San Diego. And they're awesome. Get with them. All right, guys, you know my next guest. 
well, you better know her. If not, I don't know how you found us, but let me introduce her to you. She is my lovely wife and the uh, mama to our babies, Hudson and Teddy. Absolutely. Uh, so thankful for everything you do for us. Just everything. You you are our everything. So we're happy to have you here on this podcast. Well, thank you. Once again, it's Jamie Hardwick. Give her a follow. She's great at jamie.hardwick. How the hell are you, girl? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. Good. Thanks Thank you for, for having the, me on. Thank you for the time. What you eating? Grapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just unloaded a packet of grapes in a giant bowl. and <laughs> I washed them today, actually. Yeah. So yeah, it was a big step for me. I didn't eat them right out of the bag. Good. Yep. Here we are on Labor Day. Here we are. Laboring away. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not really labor when it's kind of your love, you know? Yeah. We just get a chit chat. So all good. So the kids are where currently? On a Monday. We don't no know. No school. We no don't know school. where they're at. They're they're in the neighborhood. Yes. So yeah. we, we got home from a walk and then the boys wanted donuts on Labor Day and all the donut shops nearby are closed. Yes, we do have donuts and the kids are allowed to have donuts. So I uh, don't think we're psychotic parents. I, ha- I had one dad reach out to me and he's like, you know, I can't help but think of the uh, USC quarterback. What was that guy's name? And his dad, when I see you training with your boys and lifting and running and sports, oh, Todd Marinovich, who it's kind of a a really tragic tale of a father and son. The dad was like a strength coach and son was a standout football player from an early age. Dad trained him in the weight room that they had at home. And people would contend that it was like way overboard and abusive and Todd ended up having drug issues. He became like the first pick of the Oakland Raiders, but it never really worked out for him. And he's since been arrested multiple times. But So are all his addiction problems because his dad because pushed his, him too hard? That's, that what, that's what people would contend. Huh. Yes. Which right. to me is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean. I think it's ridiculous. There's probably a little bit of childhood trauma there. Right? Yeah, perhaps. And perhaps undue pressure. And yeah. I'm sure that it wasn't always handled the best. I right. mean, there's probably the... But to link a dad making you lift weights and eat healthy into full-blown drug addiction? Right. Like, that's a huge leap, that's right? A, that's a leap. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think? And like, for me, it was like, it really struck a nerve. I'm like, okay, I see what... I, I can understand because you get glimpse of it on social media and it's like, oh, dad lifting with kids, dad taking the boys out, dad riding the golf cart behind the boys as they <laughs> run from the park to home and play an eye of the tiger. Well, like that's just funny stuff that's for funny. us, right? That's not like, I'm not like, hey dudes, get your shoes on. We're going for a run. Actually, what happened that day was the boys wanted to go to the park and they wanted to throw the football around. They want to slide down the slides that we have in the back of our neighborhood. It's about a mile away. And Hudson, all of a sudden, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go for a run. I'm done. I'm done playing football. I just want to go for a run. He just started running home. He's like, I'm going to run home. And I said, oh, okay, cool. Teddy, you just want to ride in the cart with me. And I had Dale. So Dale was in the cart with me. And then Teddy sees Hudson running and I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. And then Teddy goes, dad, I think I'm going to get out and run with him. So he started running too. And then what I couldn't get on film, which I really wish I did was Dale jumped out of the cart and did a huge gainer. I mean, like he took a huge header, did a flip. He was on the leash. I pulled him back up into the cart. He's like, dude, you can't run with the boys. Like I've got you right here. You can't just jump out of a moving cart. Anyway, I thought it was funny that they were doing it. So I put on Eye of the Tiger in the golf cart and 
so you know somebody reached out and was like i don't know i see todd marinovich and that i'm like jesus man well, i was like well i'm glad you see todd marinovich because i see the bosa family so right you, for, for every massive failure there's a huge success yeah story. and i really think i mean like he was just saying our kids just had a massive thing of milk and chocolate donuts on the way home i think there's always a balance but i think the cool thing about our family and kind of you being the head of, of our household and watching, you know, your transformation after football is you do kind of emulate those people that you live with. Yes. So it's cool because Hudson sees, you know, you in the weight room or me in the weight room and yeah. he's like, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go get after it too. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to go for a run. And then, you know, Teddy's the next in line. He's like, well, I'm not letting you do it without me. And then Dale, the dog is like, well, <laughs> Teddy ho, I'm uh, doing it too. Old right? Dale. So Dale. it is. It's like, le- what is the word I'm looking for? Is it lemurs? Lemurs? Lemmings? Lem- like what like the ones off who the jump bridge. off of the cliff? What are those things? Lemmings. Lemmings. Yeah, those are lemmings. It's like lemmings, but in a good way. Where yeah. it's like everybody Follow follows. Yeah. Right. And that's what you hope to do as parents is lead your kids to the life that you envision for them. Right. And that they envision for themselves. But if there was ever, I really am confident in saying if there was ever a giant pushback where the kids were like, leave me alone, dad. You're being a total ass. Oh, and yeah. I just want to eat my donuts and sit on the couch. Uh, I don't know if I'm cool with that. But no, but I think you would not be like, damn it, get up. Like, I don't, you're not oh, like no, no, that. Oh, no, 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 no. And I have never been like that. No. I always thought funny that one of my great leadership fails during my professional playing career was the inability and or unwillingness to get on guys when the time was right to get on guys. Right. Like I was always at my best when I had a guy next to me who was a total asshole that could be bad cop. Cause I always good cop. Yeah. You're not I'm, a bad I'm cop. Usually very positive. Right. Yes. And just one more little side note before we get going about Todd Marinovich, we literally laid on our couch yesterday, ate nothing but snacks and yeah. had a blanket and watched 10 episodes of Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai's awesome. So it was quite literally five hours. The boys and I did not move. I mean, did not oh, move. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a hard time, and you're like, <laughs> you're the worst movie watcher ever. And he I was like, sit. I'm like, okay, small caveat. It's not a movie, it's a show. And But still, he's, you're Nick, right. Nick is a fiddler. So it's like one chair, stand up, do an exercise, start stretching, where. Me and the kids, my <laughs> legs were both sleeping and I had to have them hand me the bag of almonds that I wanted because <laughs> I was not moving. Hey, and nobody, I didn't say anything no, you about didn't. the whole day. No. It was like a great day for all of us. Yeah, it was and like a rainy day. It was, yeah, we had it was, a busy weekend. It was, it was a perfect afternoon. I was so thankful that we had that day. Right? Yeah, that we just got to sit there and do nothing and enjoy each other. So for all the people referring to... You know, the yes. slave driver. No, I'm not going to lie. Like, just know we are. I do have high expectations for our boys. And mm-hmm. I'm not apologetic about having high expectations for them because isn't that the goal of parenting? It's one. Hopefully they get a better experience than us, which I'm not sure how the hell they're going to do that. Good luck, boys. <laughs> but two that they and and we pray about this every night is that we just get to have a more positive impact on the world that, and I see them because I've been around friends whose dads were professional football players like Chris long NFL man of the year. Like I see that for our boys because dad's got limitations 
he grew up in Howie's house, who's a professional football hall of famer. He's done amazing things in the world. And I see our boys doing amazing things in the world because they can. So that's, maybe not in the professional football. And maybe realm. not. A, no, right, no, no, you're right. 100% you're right. That. Like maybe not. A, yeah. And I, that's part of the deal. It's like there's no expectations. And we talk about this all the time. There's no expectations that they're going to be professional athletes. Right. Like that's we play sports now because of the positives that it brings into their life, that it promotes a physical lifestyle that we see the world through athletics. And I think life's lessons happen on an escalated manner through athletics. And it's really cool driving to the game and driving back. And you can imagine it's like, okay, let's get ready for this game mentally. Right. And then eventually down the line, Hey, I've got a big board meeting or I got a huge sales presentation or whatever it is. And, like they have those moments where it's like, okay, we talked about breathing. We talked about controlling our nerves and our energy and all that. Right. It's like, so when, when they have that down the line, to me, the, that's why sports are so critical. Working on a team is critical. Not being the best on the team. is awesome. Right. Like it's humbling. It can be humiliating. It can be empowering all of the things and feels and emotions that you want in life. It can give you all those yeah. things. Yeah. So for me, that's, it's not about becoming a professional athlete. And there was a moment, this is a, a moment that Hudson and I had the other day after we had a real fun football practice and it was fun because we didn't have a game coming up for like two weeks. There was going to be 14 days off between games. We'll talk about playing this football. Hudson's football. This practice? is Hudson's, okay. Hudson's football practice. So we'll talk about the Hudson playing football here in just a minute, but like, so he's playing third grade tackle football. Yeah, that's, you heard it right, tackle football. He's had three games already. And then we were have, slated to have a two week break because of Labor Day. And then next weekend, we don't have any games either. And so we had a super fun practice. Well, at the end of practice, I wanted to work on tackling and physicality and stuff. So we ended up playing like six on six rugby. Well, Hudson perceived that his team lost six on six rugby. And he perceived that I slighted him by, putting a poor team together for him to be able to win. He's like, why do you always do that? And I, and I said, I just picked the teams by random chance. And I was like, why does it matter if you won that game? Like that's a, a, a rugby game. One, nobody knows the rules of rugby. We don't play rugby. You had pads on, we're using a football yet. You're really upset. And he found a reason to cry after practice. It was like, Oh, I popped my wire of my brace off is what the excuse that he used to cry and he does this a lot of times when he gets emotional it's like he he will find a reason other than the primary reason to cry and I was like why are you so hard on yourself like what what is it in you and he's super competitive like you're really competitive I don't find myself to be super competitive I have found him to be the most competitive human that I've ever been around in my life and he's eight years old yeah like he's very very competitive and so we just got talking on the ride home. Love the car rides home, by the way. Like all the good stuff that happens in the car ride. And I was like, what is it? And finally, when he got out of the car, I was like, why are you so hard on yourself? And he goes, because I just feel like I have to be as good as you. And I don't know how to be. And I was like, oh, Jesus. I was like, well, that's an awful burden to live with. Right. Like, don't, I was like, first off, don't put me on a pedestal like that. Like, I'm just... I got, and I had to tell him, and I had a post about this recently on Instagram. It's like, 
you can make up a story of like everything was according to plan in my life and I ended up being in the NFL because of this and that. I was like, I had to, I had to just come clean. Like, dude, I got super lucky to make it to the NFL. Like, I got lucky that my parents gave me the genetics that I could be 6'4", 300 pounds. Like, I got lucky that I could jump and I could run and I was athletic and I had the propensity to play a physical sport. I, had, I got lucky that my friend asked me to walk onto the football team. I got lucky that a guy was hurt when I was slated to play backup defensive tackle and they moved me over to guard. I got lucky that they even chose me to move to guard. I got lucky, I think, that I was in ROTC and I had a high and tight and I wore this crappy like Marine Corps physical training gear with really short shorts and a tucked in t-shirt to the walk-on tryouts. I think that differentiated me from the other 104 dudes or roughly there that ended up trying to walk onto the football team. Like there was so much luck along the way to get there. Like people had to get hurt at the right time. I had to have a good game at the right time. It's like, so I had to just let him know. It's like one, I'm super lucky. So you can't discount that. Two, I work hard. Like at everything I do, I get lost in it and I work hard. And then what I came back to and told him at night before bed was, I was like, you're eight years old. I just turned 39 years old. Like if you want to be where I'm at and I think you're going to be ahead of where I'm at and your success has nothing to do with the NFL or how much money you make or any of that. It doesn't have to do with that. It has to do with... How hard are you working? How much do you love what you're doing? And how kind are you to others? And do you treat them with respect? And are you making the world a better place? Like that's the barometer in my, I don't know if you agree with that, but for success in the house, it's like, are you making the world a better place? Are you treating people with kindness and respect? Are you working hard on a daily basis? And are you happy? Like if you're not happy, none of that shit matters, does right. it? No. And so I was like, you just have to find a way to get one day better every single day. That's it. Like marginally better. Like find one thing to work on. And when you're 39, when you're 40, let's see where you're at. And mostly let's let's be happy about it. Yeah. And so I don't think that eased his <laughs> burden at all, but No, he's still lost. Over time. Yeah. Over time. I yeah. think I think that'll all happen. Tell me about football cuz now you're a you're both a soccer mom with Ted. Yeah. Who I is Ted uh he's a reluctant soccer player now. He was like super gung-ho and now he's a reluctant soccer player, wishful football player, but so, you're a soccer mom and a football mom. Yeah, so Teddy wanted to play soccer I think starting last year because when we were living in San Diego, that's what the kids all did at recess. Okay. It was right. It was yes, always, all day. That's yes. right. he was always playing soccer. And at the time he did not play soccer. And so school, you know, abruptly. What was shut, he in baseball or he lacrosse? Played baseball and lacrosse yeah. last spring. Yeah. Right. And so school abruptly closes down, say March 17th, I think. Jeez. Ish. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I'll never get to play soccer with my friends again. This is it. So moved to Indiana and he's like, I am playing soccer. Well, that was all fine and dandy. And the first person we met here lived, was a girl that lived two doors down who played on the local travel soccer team, like the club team. Did you know that? Yeah, but do you think that has anything? I, I think that had a little no, bit, yeah. Because he found out about it and it was like, ooh, it's a select team. And then I think he thought that was cool. Just a thought. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> no, I, I just don't know where I was going. Yeah. So anyways, he doesn't really want to be on the soccer team anymore. He's there. He's fine. But he, but he plays been, hard. And he's a good soccer player. But he watches football. And that's where he really wants to be. Because you're coaching high school. He watches Hudson play yeah. third grade. Yeah. But he's, he gives it when he's at soccer. He's a funny kid because he gets super lost in the moment. Yeah. Right? He's always just lost in the moment. So, like, he's reluctant to go. And then when he gets there, he has the time of his life. And it was like, how was practice? He was like, really good. Really good. He really enjoyed it. But he's like, do I have to go? I want to go to football. Like, well, no, you're not a football player. How will you handle Teddy next year? Because I think he's getting a lot out of soccer that he would not get out of football right. after, after being immersed in two seasons at the same time, soccer and football. I think Teddy, maybe if he wants to be a football player, I think he may be getting more by towards a goal of being a football player by playing soccer than he is by playing football. Yeah. Well, it's like I told you a little while ago, I don't care what they do, right? If they want to play football, we'll put him in football. If they want to play soccer, that's great. But at a young age, kids want to touch the ball. You yes. want the ball. And I think that's why baseball's hard because there's a lot of non-ball touching. <laughs> baseball's brutal for everybody. But football's, football's the same. It's there's the center snaps the ball to the quarterback uh -huh. at youth in youth football. Yes. 99% of the time, quarterback hands off to running back. Yeah. And so there's a maximum of three kids touching the ball in any given play. Yeah. Which is probably why a lot of them would prefer to be on defense. Yeah. They like the idea of scoring and winning the game, but they mostly like to play defense because at least they have a chance. There's a chance to steal the ball. Yeah. But that's really, and then when you think about soccer, it's like, you know, the biggest challenge you see is kids don't pass the ball. Why? Because kids want the ball. <laughs> it's just really, it's a natural it's thing. It's like, no, it's mine. Yeah. No, I want it. And so with football and with soccer, you know, that's the natural tendency is to want the ball. So football is a little bit slow, I think, at this age, at a young age. Because it's clunky. There is, yeah, there's so much standing around waiting for your one time to touch the ball. There's a lot of uh, coordination that goes on. Yeah. Like in baseball, you'd be like, hey, over here, eyes on the batter. You're going to get hit with the ball. Right. Creep up, do this, that, where and so football. Like where soccer and basketball, too, which we've just watched, it's yeah. a lot more flowy, which I think is beneficial at to this getting age. the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And less coach involvement. Less structure. You just do it. I know. That's and if you what, screw up, you do it again. I know. You know? I, yeah. I really like that component. Lacrosse, too. Yeah, lacrosse is like Really that. was the same yeah. thing. Once you figure out how to throw and catch and you can't go in front of the line or you can't go behind the line, like they all figure that out really quickly. Right. And the coach doesn't have to say anything. Yeah, you just, well, it's not a set play every single time. Yes. Which football is the literally set, a set, set play. play. Here's the diagram. You do this. Yeah. This kid gets the ball. And it ends up being, even in third grade, it's like your best three athletes touch the ball all the time. And the other 11 or, or nine or eight kids on the team don't get to touch the ball like all season long. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. Yeah, it's not the best. But all that said, like we're letting HUD play tackle football. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, some parents would be like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Other parents would be like, well, yeah, of course. I think it's wild that they have first grade tackle football here <laughs> because I, even growing up in Indiana, we didn't start on the south side of Indianapolis until I was in third grade. So third grade seems like, okay, well, in my head, that's when you start. 
but people will be like, it's way too early. I mean, the Doc Amen podcast is like, of course, Doc Amen's only concerned about the brain. He's like, why would you ever let your kids play football? Because he's concerned about the brain. Right. Right. And the damage that can happen and how that can lead kids down bad paths. That said, I think people who are opposed to youth tackle football should come watch a game because I had apprehension about letting Hudson play at an early age. And I was on the other side of the fence up until he really wanted to get into it. And it's like, okay, well, all of our buddies are doing it. Okay. Let's see how it goes this year. I had a lot of apprehension up until the very first practice when I'm like, you're eating grapes over there. And I'm like, these kids couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. Like there's nothing going on here. That is, it just feels like they do this on the trampoline every day, or they do this up in the, the loft space that we have when they're wrestling each other. It's like, nothing's happening out here. These kids can't hit. They don't know how to generate force. Are they running into each other? Sure, but they might as well have those little bubbles on them and just kind of, they bounce around. Like the only head things that I'm concerned about is, and this happened in the first week is like, a kid's like, my head hurts. And it's like, yeah, because you're wearing the helmet for an hour and it's tight and it's squeezing your head. I maybe, I don't know. We haven't talked about this. Do you, watching the games, do you have any concern? Not yet. No. No. There's, there's so little. There's this, not much going on, there's right? not much. And I would say really 90% of the kids on the field don't want to get hit and don't want to hit hard. Would you say that's accurate? I'd, I would. I would say there's, there's like one out of every 10 kids is like willing to go balls to the wall, head first into a tackle. Yes. The other nine kids are like, no, <laughs> go ahead. What, what most Yo. kids do is they let the kid run by them and then they try to catch them from behind. Yes. So they don't have to have a big contact. Totally. They know they've got a natural governor in their body. Even like there's old school drills that you would do where you line kids up 10 yards apart and it's like an angle tackle drill. And it's like, it's stupid. It's reckless. You don't have to do it if you're a coach. Like, so what you do is you put them like two yards away from each other. And then they really start hitting because they're like, oh, this is safe. So kids naturally know what to do and what not to do for their body and for their head. I mean, they, it's just kind of intuitive. Like humans have this ability and then you can train it out as you get older. Just like most people wouldn't jump off of a 80 foot cliff into a bottle of water down below because the body would stop them. But then you can train to overcome that. And that's, when you get older in high school, there starts being some big hits. In college, there's really big hits. And then in the NFL, there's like blow up yeah. type hits. Totally. So youth football for me, I think there's there's a lot of good things going on there. I think there's a lot of lessons learned. I think there's toughness that's acquired. Like we had a kid the other day who kept asking. He was like, he was so tired. He couldn't catch his breath. I could see how hot he was. But we had like three minutes to go in the game. And I'm like, dude you are going to be so proud of yourself when you get through this game. Like we need you right now. Right. And then he came back to me with a minute to go and he's like, coach, can I, can I get a break? I was like, dude, one minute, we got two stops to get and that's it. And right. then after the game, I was like, how do you feel? He's like, really happy. I stayed. No, there. that's awesome. It's like, isn't that, yeah. it's, it's so cool. And there are, you know, any sport you play, it's funny. Like people want to talk about 
the head issues and the injuries with football. And I think it's totally valid. But I think the flip side of that is, you know, you allow your kids to sit on a device and play esports from now until, you know, they graduate college. And it's like, well, the health, health repercussions of that, we haven't been studying it long enough. We don't know what it's like to sit for 20 years slumped over a controller. So, yeah, are we putting our kids in harm's way by letting them hit? 100%. But... They're also getting so many positive things out of that whole experience that I think they would be missing out if we allowed them just to stay in the house in this safe environment. You know, there was a lot of the the people that I would go see after I had a concussion, the neurologist, they they all came from a football background and they all loved the sport and they were all so thankful for the sport. And so it's like they studied the brain. That's what they did on a daily basis but they still love the sport that could potentially put them in harm's way. So, yeah. But you're right. It's like, are you getting more out of the sport than it is taking away from you? And, and, I, and I think it is. And, you know, the thing I like about youth football that's different than a lot of youth sports is, especially in America right now, there's a lot of overweight children. And I think it's very intimidating for some of them to walk onto a swim team or a soccer team or a lacrosse team Mm -hmm. because they know maybe they don't have the endurance to keep up with some of their more, you know, slight build friends. Right. Football is such an inclusive sport. That's there's a place for you. There is. And there's kids on our team, you know, that are 50 pounds. My son is 75 pounds in third grade, but there's 50 pound kids and there's a hundred plus pound kids on the team. And it's this giant spectrum of, you know, races and body types and, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds that bring these totally. boys together. Totally. And it does it in such a special way that I think maybe it's not in every sport. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. And that's one of the, the greatest things about the sport to me was the culture of the locker room. Like it's its own beast, right? Mm-hmm. There's you're like you said, it's from all races, all socioeconomic backgrounds, every state in the country. Like, where are you from? What did you do growing up? What was life like for you? Right. And then being on the same team as somebody from a completely different background as you and having the same goal and being willing to do anything for that person. Like that's powerful stuff. Like when you feel that as a human and you're willing to to go achieve a goal and fight along a brother and it doesn't matter where he came from or what he looks like or what he believes in outside of do you believe we're going to kick this guy's ass in front of us that's all i need you to believe in right and i need you to be there for me and i need you to protect me if if shit hits the fan are you going to do that and that's love like that's when you feel that as a person and i don't think that's people don't that don't or haven't played football and have never experienced that, like that's a missing thing in society. Yeah. It's because, and I know, I know through the the whole movement, like we're supposed to see our differences. It's really hard for me to see our differences. Like I, we're this, like I've been the same as you and you and we're fighting other guys. And it's like, I don't know, in my opinion, and maybe this is the wrong way to look at the world. It's like, I just like to see how close we all are and how similar we all are. And if we can get a goal together, then we can just, we can rally with one another, regardless of our backgrounds. And that is when you feel that 
man, it's the best. It is. There's, cool. there's nothing better than yeah. that. And it's, and sports, and it's hard to find. Like you were saying, you know, sports, I think you use this as like kind of a little microcosm of life. Yes. Right. And even if our kids don't grow up to be even college athletes, if they just do sports at a young age, it's really neat how it transcends so many like barriers Yes. You know, that we as a world have put up for each other. Yes. You know, you walk out to these football fields and it's, that's what I think is one of the most special things is I use size as an analogy, but it's just, it doesn't, it's come as you are yes. and we will accept you and we'll love you and we'll fight for one another. And it's, it's a really powerful thing, especially cool. with everything the world's going through right now. Yes. You know, you go over to those youth fields and it's like. This is how it should be. Yeah. You know, it's normal. Yeah. Yeah. The, the football field, like when we're out there, even the high school, it's normal. Yeah. Like life is when we're playing ball, it's all good. Right. Yeah. Right. I wish we were just playing ball all the time. Seriously. Yes. All right. You told me this on the walk this morning and I'm like, no, you say we may like be doing temperature checks and wearing masks for two years. I just like, read this Corona morning. time is not coming to an end. Like uh, I thought we were winding down from this thing. We're not winding down. I don't know. I just read an article this morning talking about, yeah, temperature checks and show social distancing and, um, what is the, what am I looking for? Like gathering sizes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Restricted gatherings. Yes. And all yeah. of that being limited for up to two years now until the virus has completely mitigated itself. Oh goodness gracious. <sighs> what, what, all right. I got to ask. I got to. Uh, <laughs> okay. So is that, that's your answer to the <laughs> long sigh. That's, that's how your, I felt after the first two weeks of this virus. We're on month six. Yeah. It gets a long Uh, so that's that's your answer so i got asked on instagram it's like i would like you to talk about how you and your wife are treating the coronavirus and how you feel about the whole thing because this this one guy and his wife were at odds with it like he's ready to come out into the world and she's still really scared and i think they have young kids yeah but she's she's scared and he's not so that's a really interesting thing within one house, right? right? Because you do feel that on a... Have we ever... Okay, I know we don't feel that way about Corona because you and I share similar viewpoints. Have we ever been very far apart on any major life topic? I'm trying to think whether it's, you know, letting your kids play football or moving. Oh, yeah. I mean, or... we could... Yeah, I think one thing that maybe we're a little bit divergent on is virtual school. Yeah, that's true. So we can get to that in a minute. But okay. Yeah, I... That just made me think of it because I think that we've been very lucky that we're both kind of Corona-ish the same. Yes. We, we Corona the same, if we you do will. Co- we do Corona the same, yeah. which it's hard though, right? Because like even family members of ours feel different about coronavirus totally. than we feel about yeah. coronavirus. And I, I w- will say this, I respect the hell out of them. Right. I don't care how you feel about it. Like, that's fine. You do you. You protect yourself. And I'm not going to come like... Be like, it's just ridiculous how you feel. Like your feelings on anything are valid. Absolutely. They're your feelings. And I'm not going to fact you out of your feelings and your beliefs. Like that's, if we could start to accept that as a population, like we're not going to fact you out of the way you believe and the way you feel on a daily basis about any topic. It's not happening. So just stop with the bullshit on Twitter about here's the facts. Here's this like, okay, we do like facts. We do like science. I do like data. 
However, somebody else's feelings and beliefs are completely valid. Yes. Right? And I think as a country, if we could just come to terms with that and just listen to opposing viewpoints, I feel like we would be so much better off. Yes. Right? Yes. It's, it's okay if you feel this way and I feel a different way. Come here, sweetie. Come we, on in, buddy. We Hud- have a special guest oh. right now that wants to come say hi. Coming to the podcast studio, Hudson Hardwick. You got to talk right into this microphone. Nice and close. How are you, boy? Hi. Where, where were you just now? I was at a friend's house. What were you guys doing? Just playing around. Nice. Yeah? Yeah. So we just got off the topic about youth football. Give us your opinion about your first year so far playing tackle football. Right into the mic. Nice and close. It's really fun. And I think that it's just fun and exciting. Are you scared while you're out there? Do you get like nervous or anxious? Yeah, the first game I was a little. Yeah. But now I've kind of eased into it a little more. So now I think I'm not as scared as I was. You've like, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get is what you're saying. Like you've yeah. eased into it here. Yeah. You can sit on mom's lap if you want to, or let me move my legs out of the way. No. Yeah. So you, you feel more comfortable the more you do it. Yes. You look more comfortable out there. Thank you. Like every time we've played a game, you've gotten more involved. So the first game you weren't super involved. The second game you got more involved and we're playing faster. Right. And yes. then the third game is like. You really, you really got after it pretty yeah. well. Yeah. So talk right into that microphone there, big guy. Well, we're proud of you, and we do. We were just saying how much we love watching you and how neat it is to watch you grow and develop. So we're going to start talking a little bit about Corona now. Can we maybe call you back on in a bit? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you go? You can have it. Okay. Oh. Okay. I love you, Hudson. Mom just gave him the okay to have some iPad time. Okay. Well, we, yeah. holler at your boy. We got you, man. He really wants to be the star of this podcast. Yeah. So we'll, have to, we'll have to bring him on in a moment. So we were just, sorry, before that talking about coronavirus. we were talking yeah. about coronavirus and, and how, how we, we feel. feel. And just to wrap it up, everybody's feelings on this virus are valid. Yes. So what we're talking about and how we are going about our life is not right or wrong. It's just how we are surviving this. And I think... I mean, it's a pandemic. There's no right or wrong answer. Everyone's just trying to get through the day. Right. I, I guess here's what I would say. And I'm still waiting for like the, the answer to this question that I have being from my position and, and the way that I believe about the virus. I don't quite understand all the restrictions. I don't understand not opening up. I don't understand the big 10 shutting down football. I don't understand these things from the sense that I do realize everybody's got their own beliefs and thoughts on how to handle the virus. My thoughts are if you're scared, don't come out and that's fine. And it's like the ultimate doctor's note where it's like, I don't feel comfortable being out in the world right now. I don't feel like I can do work from work. I don't feel like I should be forced to play college football. I don't feel like I should be forced to go into the school. I don't feel like, right? So everything's got its own. Like, I don't feel like I should be forced to do this because you're doing this. But I don't feel like I should be forced to be held at home with restrictions if I'm not scared personally of this virus. 
so what I, is the what is the counter argument yeah. to say if you're scared stay home because we know that's acceptable to do so i again i'm playing devil's advocate Please. because gosh knows i'm ready to to get out in this world right um i would say that maybe why some legislation has been put in place the way it has been with limitations on you know going to classes or playing football is because Similar to in a public classroom where you kind of cater to that bottom 20%, yeah. I think we have to cater to maybe the most scared demographic. Because if the world made laws for those that were like, you know, full steam ahead, let's go do this damn thing. And they opened up colleges and they opened up workplaces and you were one of the people that were scared, would you be further behind in your sport, further behind in your academic studies, possibly getting bumped out of a job because you're unwilling to go to the workplace. But we've made it so you can work from home, where if you are an athlete, you can say, I'm opting out of this season. And even professional athletes are getting paid. There's a couple different tiers of getting paid. And there's accrued seasons that you can either get or not get depending on your state of health college athletes get to retain their scholarships for an additional year. People can work from home. Like you have that choice now. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about, I don't know what percentage of people are scared. I don't know what percentage of people want to stay home and, and want to continue the quarantine or continue the restrictions. I don't know what percent, but if I were to say we're cutting off the 70%, the 80% that want the world to open up for the 20%, I would say perhaps we're operating backwards Yeah, where we do have things in place that can say, if you don't feel comfortable, you can stay home. If you don't want to play this year, you can stay home. If you don't want to come to a sporting event, stay home. Like nobody's forcing you to come out because there have been, rules put into place that says you can do this it's right. like i said it's the ultimate doctor's note i don't feel comfortable i'm not coming okay cool you don't have to you can work from home yeah. i do sports talk radio from indiana in san diego right other guys do it from their home office yeah like if, if you get a sore throat you stay home there's no repercussions at all any longer yeah you can stay home from school and still be up to date and still be current. So right. there are so many things that have been put into place now. And thankfully we're at a place where technology is up to speed where you can do that, that I don't understand why we can't come out and play any longer and not like sports, but like if you're comfortable coming out, come on out. Yeah. Like that to me should be the choice that we have to make. Yeah. And slowly but surely, I think we're getting there. But gosh, has it taken a lot longer than we once yeah, thought. And I feel like we lost sight of why we originally did it. Right. It morphed. It it went from we can't overwhelm the hospitals. We don't know how big this thing is going to be. I don't think anybody in their right mind at the beginning was like, well, this is stupid. No. Right? Because two, two weeks to a month, everybody we all I under, think was compliant. Yeah, even a couple of months. Like we all understood it. It's like don't overwhelm the ICUs. Let's let the doctors take care of the people who need it the most. Well, none of the hospitals got overwhelmed. Right. And they're still not overwhelmed. Right. And the numbers are trending in the right direction. So when I think about that, it's like, okay, now we've just shifted to having to save every life. 
in like that to me is like, wait a minute. You, it's, that's, I value life. Yes, I do value my life. I value our loved ones' lives, but I'm also not going to not live. Right. So I don't die. That, so it's just, it's quite the pickle. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, and I think the more, you know, the more numbers that are coming out and the more, again, you really want to stay as science-based as you can Mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm so sick of the conspiracy theorists during this whole pandemic, both ways, both far left, far right. right. You know, this is the worst virus ever. And then, you know, the flip side is, this is so benign. It's not even yeah, real. This is like because the flu of 2017, 2018. I think there's there's definitely a middle ground. I think it's a real virus. I think it has killed, obviously, hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. It's legit. But I also think when you start looking at the numbers, you know, 94% of Americans, I think, that they ha- that have passed have had 2.6 average, average yeah, yeah mm-hmm. pre-existing conditions. So... I think not very, you know, everybody keeps saying, oh, America's handled this so bad. America's handled this pandemic, you know, the worst yeah. in the world. Our policies were awful. But again, we've talked about this privately. I would argue that we live in maybe the least healthy country in the world. There you go. That to me is like, why is nobody accepting responsibility for their own health? Yeah. Like it's, it's so freaking convenient to blame other people and to blame policies and to blame food companies and the system and you can blame, you can do all that blaming if you want to, or you can say, what decisions have I made? What choices have I made that have put me on the path to not handle this virus? Well, if I do happen to get it and that's, and, and some of them, they can't help. Some can't like help. Some cancer can't help. patients oh, or, gosh. you know, yeah. people that are born with any sort of lung condition or a compromised immune yes. system. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. And those, of course, yes, you have empathy for those people. But, but our, there's a our amount of come on. We're really people. we're a really really unhealthy country. So yes. when we like to compare ourselves to New Zealand and Denmark and Canada, it's like, hold on, it's not policy necessarily that has led to this. How about our own health? And how about people's lack of exercise and overconsumption of really crappy foods and having all types of health issues. I talked about this with John Jakish on the last podcast is like 2.6 comorbidities. And it's like, you've got insulin resistance, you got diabetes, you got heart issues, you got all the, or, you know, all these issues that happen, these comorbidities that happen. And it's like, that's just like, of course they have multiple because health is health and poor health is poor health. Right. right. So that's, I, for me, what I hope last coming out of this is, you have to take individual accountability for your health and for your family's health. Nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody can eat good foods for you. Nobody can exercise for you. Right. Right. Nobody can stay at a good body weight for you. But you know what would be beneficial is they can't do it for you. But what about rewarding our healthy people? Well, there you go. Like what about during this whole pandemic, if instead of saying, you know, lock yourselves indoors and don't ever come out, what if insurance companies started rewarding people for having gym memberships Yes, and for going, not, not just having them, but going. Yeah. Right. Or what about at your annual, um, you know, 
your annual doctor's visit, if you have a healthy BMI, what if you're gifted something? Yes. You know, just... We'll give you a, a dollar value off every single month. So you are being rewarded right. for taking care of yourself. Yeah. So there is a monetary value for taking care of yourself because we are monetarily taking as a country, as individuals, a huge hit for people who are unwilling or unable in certain cases to take care of their own physical health. Right. We are all being punished for that. Yeah. Yeah. I would just, I would like, I guess the whole, this whole thing is more individual choice. So I would love to be able to choose to go, you know, about my daily life. Mm -hmm. Like I did prior to this pandemic. And I think people who choose to be healthy and who choose to make good choices should be rewarded. And those that, you know, choose to make bad choices, you don't get the same sort of reward system. Yes. You know, it's like takes it right back to elementary school. But I really feel like this gold star thing would work pretty well in our country right yes. now. And what about any type of regulation that would punish poor choices? Well, I mean, like, they talked about, you know, so our tobacco taxes are high. You know, what about higher taxes on alcohol? What about sugar taxes or soda taxes? Right. But then it comes back to free choice. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, well, you have the choice. But the problem with that for me is like the free choice problem is that eventually we all pay for the poor choices of a massive amount of individuals in our country. Like yeah. we eventually all pay for that. The health system all pays. The country is shut down because we are not in a healthy state as a nation. So eventually we're all paying regardless, right? So it's like, we're all being punished for this, for a lack of health. Cause I really do believe like if, if you're in good health, this virus, you should have no fear. And I'm not a doctor, so please don't take my advice, but I'm personally not living in fear of this virus because we do most everything you're supposed to do on a daily basis. We eat our fruits and veggies. We eat our fiber. We eat lean protein. We have a good body mass. We exercise. Like we do all the things that you possibly can do to build our immune system up. So when we do, or if we do get a virus or a bacteria, it's like our body is better built to handle that. Yeah. Right. And so if you're in that group, I don't feel like you should. And it's like, okay, free choice. It's like, well, we should just be allowed to have unlimited cigarettes and Dorito and alcohol. And it's like, you know, bad food choices that are available in mass very cheaply when it seems like, and I don't know if this is possible or encouraged. I don't know. I don't know what the, it's like, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Right. But it's like, if you could increase the, because I guess you would get into the whole thing. It's like, well, who's to say that that's good and that's bad. Yeah, exactly. Overconsumption is bad of anything, right? So regardless of where you fall on the spectrum of this food's good, this food's bad. But there's a bad. giant percentage, and I mean, you had you have them on the podcast who would believe this big bowl of grapes I'm eating right now is the equivalent of drinking like yeah, seven sodas. You are poisoning yourself. Yeah, yeah. but really, so that's, no, but that's, that's true. a true thing. So true. if you want to get really dogmatic about diet, how can you say certain things are good and yes. certain things are inherently bad? That's true. Yeah. One thing we can agree on, like cigarettes are bad, vaping's bad, right? Like, come on. Like, we can't just agree that 
No, I, I'm in agreement you know with saying? you, but... I know, free choice, man. Well, I, and, I get and it, but you would, we, you're going to hear people arguing with you that, you know, oh, the positives of nicotine is it suppresses appetite, so yeah. maybe those that are smoking are going to have a lower BMI. You know, like, I know and that's, I think it, that's I think a the, way... The numbers, though, are like 250,000 to 500,000 deaths a year directly related to smoking okay. cigarettes. So there you go. So, you so there you go. You that. can't argue that. No. So we're doing all of this... All of this for a virus that hasn't killed as many people as cigarettes will be connected to every single year Mm -hmm. since like forever, right? But we're unwilling to do that because it's making us tax right. I mean, you know, there's, there's so many, throw your, throw your pen again. Just do it one more time. All right. Give me, yeah, I know. know, know. (laughs) Give me your uh, fitness plan update because my plan, remember the last time we podcasted, how how are you doing? I was not going to put a bar on my back any longer. Good. And I was not going to try to deadlift 500 pounds any longer. Good. And I was going to be more, uh, sustainably focused. And, and it's been awesome. Yes. So John Jakish, and this is not an ad. I don't get any money from him or anything. He sent me after we did the podcast last week, the X3 system. It's the variable resistance. Yeah, the band, I, I used it yesterday. The band system. And what'd you think? Give me an honest I review. loved it. You I did? think it's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Let me do finish grapes. your grapes. Sorry. <laughs> Let me just chomp right in this way. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's it, all I do every single day is I'm like a good 15 minute weightlifting session. I like to get really sweaty and then go take a shower. So I'm very minimal. Yeah. But I will say. You do I'll, get sweaty in a quick amount of time. Like me personally? Are you saying you I'm, a, I'm a sweater? Well, you were. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I do. But all I did yesterday with, with this band system was I did 20 squats to 20 deadlifts. And I did it five times. And I was soaking wet. And I was trembling. Yeah. A full body vibration. And I was good. Yeah. Which yeah. John would argue that the whole body vibration is really good for your hormonal release. Oh, like yeah. you need a, a full body vibration to be able to do that. Yeah. And then training the the big muscle groups too in the legs. Right. And you get the upper body and the core stabilization yeah. and all that. It's no, I'm, very, I'm a big fan very, of that system. Uh, yeah. And I've used it multiple times now. And like I had a hard time sleeping last night because I didn't work out yesterday. Because I was so excited to work out this morning. That's weird. I know it's weird, but that's, I just, that's weird. I love that stuff. And, so and it my, was great. My quick update was I'm start, I'm trying to count calories and I'm doing pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Good. I, I don't know if I can even say this. I got my period today. So my you, whole well, weight in the last three days, I have to just not pay attention. Oh, to. that's why this morning you woke up and you were relieved one, I guess, we're not having another child, which is cool. And <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I'd gladly take one. No, but, mostly two know. days ago, I felt like for two weeks now, I've been doing everything right. I've been, you know, snacking a lot more minimally. I've been eating smaller portions. You know, when you feel like you're doing well yeah. and you get on that damn scale and it hasn't moved. So yeah, today when I got my period, I was like, oh, okay. So an extra five pounds is pretty normal up until today and tomorrow. Man, it sucks to be a girl. God, being a girl is the worst. Uh, yeah. And it's something men don't understand. I know, we don't get it. No. I don't get it. I mean, it's it's a thing where it's like, if I stop eating, that day I will lose weight. Yeah. And I stop eating sometimes and my body will be like... <laughs> I literally ran a marathon and gained seven pounds. <laughs> 
You did gain weight during that process. What'd you gain that day? Two pounds? No, seven oh, se pounds after the marathon. Like I ran 26 miles, got on the scale before the 26, got on the scale after, and I ran it with two men. And, and the men both are like, I'm down 12 pounds. So I'm down 14 pounds. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is going to be the best weight loss yeah. morning Woo! of my life. Stepped on seven pounds heavier. Like, did who? you want to cry? Like I, in my whole, I'm like, okay, how much fluids did I drink? How much of those <laughs> shitty goo packets did I eat that really warranted you, I, a seven pound gain? I'll say this. You're not good at moderating your drink consumption. Like no, if there is, but so, I didn't cramp at all. So like you have to also think of that. So 26 yeah. miles, I ran it, not stopping. I had yeah. a good time. Yeah. So I didn't like, I wasn't like laying at a water station, just sucking <laughs> goo back. Like I didn't stop moving. No, but you are, it's incredible how fast you can drink something. It's, it's really, I mean, it is a sight to behold. So like we're coming back from Purdue. We went up there hiking the other day and we had four bottles of water in the car, 16 ounces. And you finished everybody in the car's water. Before I could even know that you were drinking one bottle, they were all gone. I was thirsty. It was 64 <laughs> ounces you put down. Yeah. In like four and a half minutes. No, I definitely was well hydrated I, after I, the marathon. <laughs> Maybe that's, I could have done another one. You probably could have. Could have. Yeah, I had see, enough. Yeah. Sign you up for the ultra. I did. I had enough like carbohydrate and, and water stores that I was good to go. I was fully replenished. My muscle, muscle glycogen was topped off. You were all set. Yeah. Okay. Before we go. Sorry. Yes. Last one. Virtual school. Oh my God. Okay. Virtual school. So <laughs> was that mom voice? Oh my gosh. No, Is this is what you moms do. Not at all. Okay. I have to say to everybody listening, Nick is amazing at virtual school. And I wrote him a text the other day because sometimes I feel like I can't even express it during the time. There is nothing I hate worse than having my kids home for school. Nothing. Like I love my children. I consider myself a good mom. We do a lot of really fun activities. Yeah, together. you're always super into their lives. I love, I love conversation doing all and their things, and, yeah. fishing, and but I like to hang out with them. I would rather have a root canal than sit with them and do work. Like I literally, <laughs> it gives me anxiety just thinking about tomorrow. School's back on, and these kids are going to be home staring at me at eight o'clock. Like I just, <gasps> like it really gets but me. But they're not going to be staring at you at eight o'clock in the morning because. You're a rock star. Yeah, because, okay, so here's part of the thing with Jay is, like, she's super type A, and everything's got its box and time, and if we're not on time or 15 minutes early, we're late, and it's like, so this virtual school, it's like, okay, you, you clock in at 8 a.m., three days a week, and then the next thing doesn't happen until 1030, and then the next thing doesn't happen until 12.20. And the boys' schedules are both different. So they're down there at 8, 9.40, 10.30, 11. You know, so you got all these huge gaps in the middle of the day that end up just causing, like, you're sitting there for five, six hours at a time with an 8-year-old and a 6-year-old boy who've got nothing but boundless energy waiting for the next 15 minute segment of a zoom call to come through. That's what you're waiting for. You're, you're waiting for that 15 minute thing and the teacher to give instructions and then an assignment following. But, so, but this, the, our school has like where I think we're in month two now, right? Yes. We've done a full yeah. four or five weeks of yeah. this. 
because in Indiana they start schooling really early. Super but early. Or the school has made adjustments, and I have to say, I I find myself much happier with the way things are now. Yes, because versus, originally there they weren't recording the right. calls. And so you kind of were married to the screen for six hours a day. And it was, it was not cool. Like, and super empathetic to working families Mm. and with young kids or four kids, single parents, single parents. I mean, there's, you know, there's stories of parents out there who are taking their kids in the back of their car on all virtual school to go on sales calls with them and stuff. He's asking if we want him in. Come yeah. on back in. Yeah, come on in. Here, here comes the he's, star. The call up. He's like, I heard you were talking about virtual school. Bring me back on. Here he is. And so super empathetic to that and, and to those folks that, you know, like we're lucky. We can be home. We we're can home. do it. But and what a luxury that is. And we realize that and we're super grateful also, it's like, hey, let's work within the constructs of what we're able to do and able to provide for the kids. And so to really ease her stress of always being on the clock and being there from 8 to 2.30 or whatever it was, it's like, how about this? How about I take the kids in the morning to go do something fun for like three, four hours and I'll feed them, we'll have lunch together, then we'll come home and then we'll do virtual school in virtual school, really, after all the classes and the lessons have been uploaded and recorded, we just watch them do our lesson, and it takes about an hour and a half mm-hmm. total. And so for me, it's like I get the best of both worlds where I get to go play with the kids in the morning on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and they still get all their work done. And I'm kind of like, before it happens, because I know this isn't going to be the way life is forever. I'm already missing the day that they go back full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I so have, given the choice, I would do this every time. No, but now looking back, so we were given the choice at the start of the year whether to go hybrid, yeah, or to go full virtual. Right? Are you saying you would have preferred full virtual? No, no, because I think two days a week is enough for me to get done unabated what I want to get done from a business standpoint and allow me to do some other things like personal time I think is also super important but and I realize this from a position of luxury it's like I do really enjoy the freedom and the time that we get to spend together at the parks or we've been going to the trampoline park lately like we got a membership and super fun you got to be in the microphone if they're gonna hear you how do you feel about virtual school it it's good but this sounds like there's yeah. a butt coming. No, there's no real bad side to it because I get to hang out with my friends and family for more than half of the day and then get back on and it's like 30 minutes max every day. Yeah. Which isn't that bad at all. Do you feel like you're being educated properly? Do you feel like you're getting enough actual schoolwork in on a daily basis? Do you, yeah. yeah. That's a hard question. Yeah. But I think we don't get near as much um, learning time. Right. On there. On virtual days. Yeah. In person days, do you get enough learning time? Yes, by far. Do you think if you were five days a week, you'd be further ahead than you are now? Yes. You do. Yeah. And see, I do. I, I wonder about that. And I know Jay and I talk about this. Like, 
I and I do because I'm sane. I do worry about learning gaps that happen down the line that we're going to be as parents and as children responsible for at some point. So SAT time, ACT time, like down the line, yeah. these children are still going to be held accountable for information that they were supposed right. to learn in 2020 when they were virtual three days a week, some places well, five and we're, days a and week. We're pretty lucky right now because we've got a first and a third grader, but imagine you had a senior who's taking like AP organic chem, knowing that next year they're going into pre-med. Right. Like stuff like or legit. Or anything. Like I mean, there's real. like, okay, so yes, it's it's really basic right now, yes. right? So super basic math, super basic writing and reading. That's basically all they do every mm-hmm. day is math, writing, reading. That's it. I mean, that's about all they're capable of doing. When they're in fifth grade, when they're in sixth grade, seventh grade, and we start doing like advanced math and geometry and it gets into trigonometry, it's I like so. you miss one of those years you're not able to go to college and do statistics or advanced statistics like you want to be or the math that you do in your sophomore year of high school. Like you miss a significant portion. You're now going to have to go backfill that yeah. somehow and then reset. So I worry about, you know, not our kids right now because I think like the play for me is just as important as the the schoolwork. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I would even argue that I think the time out of the classroom is just as important as the time in and what they're really missing from the school environment is the socialization and dealing with all that that entails. Right. I don't know how much education we're missing at this age, yeah. but as they get older and more advanced, those kids are probably missing a significant portion. Yeah. And I think I said this to you earlier. We're again, we're in such a lucky position that we are both home most of the time that we can kind of tag team the kids. You take them today. I've got them for this. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been going Tuesday, Thursday, and then you've been handling them Friday. And then, but just think about those parents or that work full time or those that come from homes that maybe aren't as stable. Yes. That public school is their time to socialize and get exercise, you know, and learn and get physical activity because they live somewhere where maybe it's not safe to go outdoors and exercise or they don't have somebody to take them to do that. Right. So it's like when I think of the world as a whole, I think we need to be in school and I'll always keep pushing for that. Oh yeah. Even though I know that you're great and that you love having the boys at home. I just think that no, for us, we can do it for, 99, 90, whatever percent of the population, like school's a necessity. Yes. So parents can work. And so. And I think we do in this whole virus thing, we have that backwards. Yes. Because nothing is returning to normal till our kids are in school. And I think when you look around the world, most countries, their big push was not to open bars and restaurants. It was to get kids in schools ASAP. True. And the crazy thing too is like the numbers, when you look at the numbers and children and the the cases and the deaths and the risk, it's so low for for those kids yeah. to be at school. It is so low, the actual risk. And so when they think about that, it's like what what are we doing? Yeah. You know, but hey, here we are and we're dealing with it. And that's and that's what I would say is like, hey, there's a lot of things that we're not in control of that if we were, maybe things would be different, but we're not and we're not going to have the ability. So what are we going to do? We're going to 
We're going to adjust to the circumstances and we're going to stay super positive and we're going to make the most of it. Yeah. And that's what I think we've been able to do with the coronavirus yeah. and with virtual school. And so we're, um, and there's the only other way to look like the only other option we have is to bitch and moan. Yeah. And that gets, that gets it doesn't us absolutely do anything. nowhere. It so, doesn't do anything except get you pissed. Yeah. It, it, right. Yes. It gets you pissed. I know. And that's why I've had to stay off the news. I've had to stay. Have you? I, I have tried to because it just it down makes me bit. mad. And I just find myself like I read an article and then I'm infuriated. And I'm like, there's just, there's, there's no point. What's the point? Do you know there's a new term out? What's it's it called? called doom scrolling. Ooh. Doom scrolling. Right? So if you were to follow social media and Twitter like intensely, you would think that the world is going to end. Yeah. See, and so I'm off. And that's not the case. No. And that's, I've had to really, you know, not go on Instagram. I don't go on Facebook. Right. I, I really limit my news. You know, I go on one world news site a day because I don't even like hearing the two sides of American politics. I'm like, let me get out of this country and go (laughs) more global and I'll read some global articles. Can't even. Yeah. The only thing I search up every day is, is the big 10 football season. (laughs) That's all I want to know about. Like, let the Will boys Purdue play. play football? Will Purdue play? It's yeah. like, come on. Everyone else is playing. And it's such a funny thing, right? It's like they're playing in third grade. They're playing at the high school that I coach at. They're they're playing across the country. It's like, why aren't you? What's your reason again? Like This week, Alexa is just going to turn on you and be like, Nick, shut the F up. Yeah, Stop asking I, the same I damn know. question. I'm like, what about the Big Ten? What about, <laughs> hey, Alexa. Uh, Alexa, what about Will Purdue Ten? play football? Oh. Yeah. Well, I love you. Thanks for having me on. Love you. Thank you. Always fun. All right, guys. Hudson, thanks for joining us, bud. You're welcome. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the show. We got some really cool ones coming up. This is actually the last one of season three. Season four is up and coming. We've got Lenore Skenazy, who is, if uh, you're aware, she's like the free range mom who let her young child boy ride a subway by himself, get his way home. And so super cool podcast that's going to be coming up with her. We're going to do another episode about performance breathing. I got a lot of really cool ones in store, youth training. So Season four is going to be a total blast. I'm looking forward to it. If you have any suggestions or recommendations, please send them to me. And here's my email address, and it'll, it'll come straight to me. Nick at NickHardwick.com. Super pretentious. Nick at NickHardwick.com. I'll get your emails. It's coming right to me, and I will answer you back. And any suggestions, love to have them. And please share the podcast with your friends. Give us a five-star uh, review wherever you listen. And we thank you so much for your time, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.